socialites and welcome back to the social studies podcast the podcast where i study being social by being social i'm doing great thanks for asking anyway before we get into it um yes i'm going back on tour you guys know this i hope um and i want to see as many of you on the road as i possibly can get your tickets at mr d times three.com Here's the tour list. March 11th and 12th, Vancouver, British Columbia. March 17th, I'm actually going to be at the McCall Conference in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, If you're going to that, you'll see me there. Great. Um, March 18th and 19th, I'm going to be in Denver. March 24th is Madison, Wisconsin. Y'all, Wisconsin cheeseheads are absolutely nuts. You sold that show out in less than 24 hours, but do not worry if you didn't get tickets. I'm hearing from a lot of you like, ah, you didn't get tickets. Well, guess what? Sugar tits, you didn't move fast enough. Just kidding. I don't blame you. I love you. I love you so much that we're adding a show on March 23rd. Those tickets will most likely be released this week. So if you're in the Madison, Wisconsin area and you still want to come to the show, you still have a chance. March 25th and 26th, Minneapolis. Uh, March 31st, April 1st, April 2nd, St. Louis, Missouri. April 8th and 9th, Edmonton, Alberta. May 5th, Bremerton, Washington. May 6th, Everett, Washington. May 7th, Seattle. And I can walk to that show and boy, am I happy about it. May 13th and 14th, Oklahoma City. May 19th, 20, 21st, and potentially 22nd, New York City at one of my favorite places in the world, Caroline's Comedy Club. Cannot wait to be back. June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, Buffalo, and it's during Buffalo Pride, so hey, hope to see the gays there. And then June 9th through 11th, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Get your tickets at MrDTimes3.com. Again, that's MrDTimes3.com. And if you didn't hear your city, don't worry about it. I'm going back on tour in the fall. And I can't say for sure, but if you're in these cities, you should definitely keep an eye out. Atlanta, Toronto, Boston, Los Angeles. Okay? I'm also hearing some grumbles from my Michigan folk. Listen, you boys got a plan. All I'm going to say to you is trust the process, baby. Trust the process. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. And I cannot wait to see you guys on the road. MrDTimes3.com. Get your tickets before the rest of these sell out. Woo, what a week. What a week, what a week, what a week, what a mighty good week. It was actually a really great week. I went back and subbed in kindergarten yet again. And it was, you know, next level psychotic as it typically is. I taught on a full moon. And... There are, there are, you know, whispers in the teaching community and in the parent community. Do we, do we say that? Is it a parent community? I don't know. Um, there are whispers in the teaching community that teaching during a full moon is, you know, the craziest. I'm going to take it one step further and tell you it's dangerous. All right. If you are not a teacher, I need you to buckle up and understand that some sort of magical witchcraft happens in the sky when there is a full moon. I'm pretty sure that the hocus pocus witches swing around town and just blow wafts of probably cocaine into these kids' bedroom windows. So they breathe it at night. They don't snort it because they don't know how. They breathe it. And they come to school 
like they have just snorted five lines out of their milk money singles. That is the type of energy that kids give you at school the night after a full moon. If you think I'm lying, by the way, muggles, I'm talking to you. If you think I'm lying, press pause. Call the nearest teacher and ask them. Just say this. Um, what are your thoughts on teaching after a full moon? They're likely going to hang up on you and ask for reparations, teaching reparations, because this is what I'm advocating for. Parents, muggle parents, when you look out the window at nighttime and it's a full moon and you're sitting there looking at your kid, count your blessings. If you don't keep that kid home from school, you're a sinner. You're 100% going to hell. Especially if you got a rowdy one already. Just saying. They're nuts. So I get called in to teach kindergarten the night after full moon. And boy, did I have my work cut out for me. I just, listen, I don't know why I fall for these tricks of the kids. I know better. You know how when you have this sense, if you've ever subbed before, especially if you've subbed before, but you were a teacher prior, like moi, you know what's what the real shit and what's bullshit, right? Why on earth did I ask the kids like what the rules are? Like they weren't just going to be like, well, this is an open invitation to lie through my teeth. This one kid comes up to me and he asks, can I use the pencil sharpener? And it's an electric pencil sharpener. So the fact that he asked to use it probably should have lit a little trigger in my mind go off saying no. But here's the thing. When you're a substitute teacher, it's actually great because I'm just going to be honest with you. The amount of fooks that I give is like really low, <laughs> like really, really low, because if shit hits the fan, I'm literally walking out with my backpack sending you to your parentals and I'm getting in my car. I don't got to check emails about some bullshit that happened during the day. I don't got to schedule conferences. I don't have any meetings after work. It's pretty great. So if you're going to like throw a little temper tantrum or lie to me or some shit, I'm just going to be like, okay. (laughs) And it's the best feeling ever. Anyway, this kid can I use the pencil sharpener? And I'm just like, I said, are you allowed to use the pencil sharpener? He looks at me and he goes, yes. <laughs> like, clearly that's a lie. So I'm over here like, well, let's see what happens. I said, okay, go use the pencil sharpener. I'm not familiar. No, you know, teach. I, I'm, I come from a predominant Title I background, which means I taught in schools that, you know, are generally underfunded, okay? What that means is I'm used to having a crank pencil sharpener that's attached somewhere by the door that's always broken for one of two reasons. One, because I don't know what type of twisted enjoyment these children get from those crank pencil sharpeners. They will stick a pencil in there that's less than one inch long and has no eraser. And then some, and then they'll stick it in there. It gets fully stuck. I'm talking stuck to the point where you take the metal cover off. It's still lodged in there. You cannot get it out. Okay. And then 
they just walk away and act like it never happened. And then someone else goes to sharpen their pencil. They go, it's broken. Well, no shit, it's broken. Because, I don't know, Roger over here decided that micro pencils is going to be the new NFT. All right? Like, I don't know. Teachers, and you guys, I don't know. You, you're going to resonate with me on this one. How many times have you taken either a push pin or a paper clip and tried to stick the object into the pencil sharpener to hopefully pierce through the eraser <laughs> to then kind of MacGyver it out and hope that you can save the day. Mind you, everybody, while we're doing that, pure chaos going on behind us because your full attention is on this pencil sharpener and someone behind you is making a switchblade out of safety scissors. That's just, that's title one, all right? I, you do this and it's just miserable. But alas, I told you last week, I'm subbing in the bougiest, bougetastic, upper echelon, private, premier private school of Seattle. Pros and cons. We're going to get to those. But when this kid asked to use the pencil sharpener, not only is it an electric pencil sharpener, but it is like state of the art, beautiful, crystal clean, empties itself type of shit. Okay, and I'm over here like, ooh, I'm gonna watch this kid do this. It's um, it's vertical. It's not sideways, by the way. Which, I, if everyone's listening, vertical pencil sharpeners they just make too much sense because the shavings fall down instead of getting stuck in the 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 sharpening gears, right? But yeah, we're sharpening pencils sideways since the turn of the century. Thank God to, I don't know, Clarabella or whoever the hell invented that. Anyway, so he puts his pencil in there. You guys, when he pulled that pencil out, this thing was sharp as hell. And I didn't catch it at first. What I saw was he turned around and was like very carefully walking to his seat Sharp side up, and I'm over here like, you know what? I'm all about doing absolutely nothing while I'm here today. But this is one of those times where I think I have to interject. He like goes, I'm like, can I borrow that for a second? I grabbed this thing. I shit you not. This thing was like a goddamn porcupine quill. I'm over here like, we could perform surgery with this scalpel you've just created. I liked that pencil sharpener, but now I think it needs to be illegal because it's too goddamn good. It's too good. And then it put me in my place and reminded me, be careful what you wish for. You guys, I take this pencil and I go to like, I was going to write with it a little bit to dull it down a little bit. Girl, I don't know how this happened, but I... It like flung out of my hand a little bit and I went to go catch it. And when I went to go catch it, it went sharp side first into the meaty part of my thumb to which I said, I hope to God that this wealthy ass school has enough liability insurance to pay for the lead poisoning that I have just given myself. This is teaching. 
You never know what's going to happen. You don't know how you're going to get hurt, but you know you're going to get hurt. And you know what hurts the most? The scars you can't see. Because the mental taxation that this profession takes on a person is astronomical amounts of bibbidi-bobbidi bullshit. I'm done. I digress. This pencil sharpener needs to be, you know, go back to Satan's asshole where it came from. I'm not having it. Ugh, I'm heated. We need a quick break. Be right back. The other thing I got to tell you is I'm like very, very satisfied with teaching in this private school for two reasons. One, because I think it's giving me like a more well-rounded view of education as a whole. And that is good, especially for the position that I'm in. I, yes, I'm a comic, but I'll always be an advocate for education. And I think a lot of the times people are advocates for things, but they only have like a one-sided view of what their opinion is. And I, by doing this, have like a full scope of what's really happening. Now, I'll tell you, private school is not necessarily bad. I truly think that if public schools ran a little bit more like private schools, we'd probably actually, and I'm not talking about like the funding and the money behind it, but we'd probably be doing a little bit more equity for the kids in some, in some situations, right? But in a lot of situations, absolutely not. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not terrible. It's really not terrible. Some of the, the, like the things that are bothersome are the fact that like, okay, like their little lunches and their snacks, okay, are just like picture perfect, perfectly manicured in these little tiny like, and I'm like, okay, this is nauseating, but whatever. There's this one little girl, she had pancakes with syrup for her snack. Okay, yeah. Probably not the best choice. Sometimes, do you guys ever like see what your kids bring for snack and you're just like looking at like, when did the parent think that it was okay to send this kid to school with a two liter bottle of Mountain Dew? I'm sorry. The, the, nothing, nothing upstairs is going through as a red flag that this is probably not a great choice for not only your kid, but the adult that's in charge of them during the day. I, I back it up. Her snack is pancakes and syrup. She's down, she has her head down, scarfing down these pancakes, and she's not cleaning up. It's time to clean up. I'm like, hey, you, it's like, it's time to clean up. It's time to clean up. She looks up at me. Her face was covered in syrup. She looked like if a a maple tree was being tapped and a squirrel got into that bucket full of that raw syrup. That's what she looked like. Not only that, I caught her with her two fingers just kind of like swiping through it and injecting it straight into her oral hole. Just, I'm like, you know what? This is an issue. Not only that, kindergartners are, um, you know, disgusting humans. They just have no regard for hygiene, cleanliness, any of that. So this syrup is, I'm not even shitting you, you guys. It's like on her forehead, in her eyelashes. And she's just having a field day with these goddamn pancakes. I'm like, okay, you know what? Choices. This one was yours. 
But when she looks up at me, I realize there are chunks of hair stuck to her face. She looked like like someone was making a paper mache Sims character. Like it was just stuck all over. And I said to her, I go, you know what? Um, I'd help you, but I think you need to go to the bathroom and wash your face with both soap and water. And depending on how good of a job you do, then I'll give you instructions. Because the rest of the class is just having a field day with the fact that I can't pay attention to anything that they're doing. And this is just like one of those times where I'm like, you know what? Your mom most definitely knows that you eat at the speed of Wilbur from Charlotte's Web when they have trying to give him food to fatten him up for the fair. She knows this about you. There's no way. But nothing stopped in her brain to think maybe it's not a, a good idea to send this girl with one cup, eight ounces of syrup for three silver dollar pancakes. Nothing, nothing ever, not even a glimmer of this is a not good thing. Cool. <laughs> Send it out into my class. Let's have a friggin' field day with this one. I also just, it's sad, but there is a silver lining for Title I. If any first year teachers are listening to me right now, I'm telling you. Search out a Title I position for your first job in a Title I school. Not only because those kids need you more, first of all, but there is there are little glimmers of joy there that are going to make your job easier. The kids are going to be absolutely tougher. People who tell you that they're not need to get their head out of their asses. They are. They're coming from situations where their parents are working two and three jobs just to put food on the table, which means they don't actually have the time to sit down and do their homework and set positive routines at home. And guess what? That's fine because their parents are doing their absolute best and the kids still come into school and usually it's on time and that's a huge step for that family. Let it, let it be there too. But you can't tell me that it's not harder because those kids need so much more direction to set up those positive routines rather than this bougie-ass, bougie-tastic, bougie school where half the class is already reading at a second grade level and they can write full sentences. Just saying. Because they have those routines and time set up at home. So don't come for me. But if you teach in Title I, usually... The parents are a little more flexible with you as the teacher. When I taught in Title I, it was a lot more, we trust you, do what you got to do. Or they'd be like, listen, if they're acting up, handle it. Just go for it. Whatever you got to do. You know, I would send out these emails and I'd get one word responses like, thank you or thanks or that's it. Like they saw it and it's good. I'm I'm not getting constantly inundated with people who want me to, you know, monitor. I once had a parent when I taught in private send their kid to school with a homemade spreadsheet because they wanted me to monitor and document how much screen time was happening in the classroom through for their kid it was literally blocked out by hour of the day it had 
what device was being used, what was being shown, and what was the educational reasoning for that. You got to be fucking kidding me. You think that I have time in my day to just stop and fill this out when I have like 20 other kids in the classroom running fully rampant around trying to kill each other? Get the fuck out of here. That shit doesn't happen in title. It is harder sometimes, too, because you don't necessarily have the parental support. So you're not always going to, you know, if you ask for supplies, don't expect it back. That sort of thing. But if you're a first year teacher, it's going to give you a lot more time to focus on your practice because you're not constantly stressed about that. The joy in Title I is the parents usually trust you as the educator to get the job done. And that's important in your first few years because you're still learning. You're trying to figure it out. You're not going to go in there perfect. I, God damn, you guys, when I go to colleges and universities all the time and talk to first-year teacher programs or student teaching programs or anything like that. They're so friggin' stressed out. And I just want to be like, chill. You're going to cry. You're going to hate your life for the next six months because you're working a full-time job for free. I get it. But just like let the tears runneth full because it's going to happen. But that's normal. Make mistakes on purpose because mistakes lead to learning. They make you a better teacher. So if if you're looking for a student teaching placement, if you're looking for a first year placement, not only do kids in Title I need you, but it could make you a better teacher too because you have time to focus on you. I digress. Subbing is cool, though. I really listen. Subbing is great. No parent contact, no emails, no prep, no meetings. I'm walking the kids out and leaving. I'm just like, if you don't want to do something, you don't have to. I had to teach a math circle, which shout out to uh, I'm not going to use your name because I didn't get permission, but shout out to the new math curriculum coach. I don't know what your actual title is. This girl's a badass in the classroom. I didn't know her. I never met her. She got hired before I left, right? And she's in kinder. You guys, well, the class is pretty good to begin with, right? But she, you got, you know, as a teacher, you don't only have eyes on the back of your head. You have them on the sides of your head. You have them anywhere. She's getting in there like, boom. This kid's like on the floor. She's like, boom, I got you. Ask them what we're doing. Can they answer? Can they not like on it and the kids were like in it and just in instantly was going in with the I say it you say it so now I know you know sort of tactic just a friggin rock star in the classroom I was very happy to see that so she comes in and she's like yo we're gonna do math stations I'll take one the other teacher will take one and you'll take one and I'm like cool so the kids got to pick like what station they went to so I had four kids at my station and we were working with not base 10 blocks, but like, I don't know how to relate this other than saying they're number blocks, like the show number blocks, which if you haven't, <laughs> quick pause, quick pause. Have you guys watched number blocks, lower elementary teachers, parents of little kids, number blocks, number blocks is like a PBS show, but I actually think it's a, it's British, right? Yeah. It's, it's a, like a, it's like a British show. These number blocks are 
stacks of cubes. You know, you got one, you got two, you got three. My favorite is eight because he turns into an octopus. And they like sing songs and go on adventures and they like add to like make more creatures and stuff. You guys, I don't know who creates this shit. But what I do know is that they are on copious amounts of magic mushrooms. Hands down. And it doesn't stop with number blocks, okay? Y'all do Go Noodle in your classroom? That shit is an acid trip. An ass, straight up acid trip. I was watching it and we were doing this one with this coach. I think he called himself Coach Ken. Then it was just this huge buff guy doing like exercises with the kids. The shape that this coach was and the way that he was talking to the kids, I was like, I think I'm on edibles currently. I'm pretty sure I am. Because I have seen this guy in a lucid dream before. And it's because I ate one too many edibles, fell asleep, and was still high. And this is what I saw. And I just got to say this. It doesn't stop there. Y'all, love him to death. Love these two to death. Cuckoo kangaroo? Bro. I would, I don't know if they do, would absolutely love to just like, be in a blunt rotation with Cuckoo Kangaroo. Where do these ideas come from? You guys watch this kid's television and you know that everybody is just blown out of their skull creating this shit. For sure. And the kids love it. The kids absolutely love it. I'm over here like, this is my goal. I am going to <laughs> rip a bong and just write down all my ideas for kids TV. Oh shit, maybe this is a is this the 420 episode? Am I creating the 420 episode as we speak? I'm just saying. Also, to quote the late great Leprechaun in the Hood, a friend with weed is a friend indeed. Now you know where I stand on that. But I also need you guys to know that my rule for myself in my life is if it doesn't grow, it doesn't go. So I'm not trying to advocate for drugs but clearly some of them that are created by nature are creating some pretty badass kids tv because these kids are sucked into the screen like someone is casting a spell behind them they they cannot look away for a friggin second anything that's in their hands they just stop and they're watching like cats just the heads of cats floating around with a rainbow background. And all of a sudden, these cats just start farting rainbows. And then it falls to the sky and a magic tree grows. And it's got tiny little acorns. And when you crack open one of those acorns, it's a baby chicken. But this one's not a cartoon. It's actually a real baby chicken. And then it starts walking on clouds and then it falls through the clouds and magically turns into rain. And as that rain, like this is it. You, What I just said, you know little kids would be sucked into more and more and more and more and more. I'm thinking I got a second career in this shit and damn would I love it. Anyway, we're doing the math stations, right? And I get I get kids at my station and I have this one little girl who 
again, I'm not name shaming. I'm not name shaming anybody, but the names in private school are just a little, mm, they're trying. Like, I'm pretty sure that these parents were like, we need this kid. We're Rolls Royce. Our kid's name is Rolls Royce. You can call him Rice, but his full name is Rolls Royce. That's the type of shit I'm dealing with. Another kid named 14. Middle name Caret, last name Diamond. 14 Caret Diamond. No. No, that one's not real. I made it up. But that's the type of shit that I'm dealing with. I subbed in the South one time for a little bit just for fun. That I loved because it was very like Brantley, Megan Jean Page Madison. Lots of Madisons down there. A few Madison Lees. Madison Lee Cartwright. That's a Southern girl's name. Right? Then you got your standard Brantley. You got your uh, Raj every now and then. But I think we need to bring back 90 strippers names. I want to see a few more Tiffany's in the classroom. We got to get a couple more Megan's. No, no shade to the Tiffany's or the Megan's. But y'all's names were rooted in the 90s. Just going to say that. What happened to Jessica's? Do we have Jessica's anymore? I had a Jessica when I student taught fifth grade. Girl thought she was a fucking vampire. She'd hiss at me. And I was like, girl, you better get out of this classroom before I open the windows to put a little sunshine on that ass because you're going to get toasted the fuck up if you hiss at me again. And you know what I'm bringing for lunch tomorrow? Garlic hummus. I'm not much of a Christian, but I'm bringing a rosary too with some holy water. Not because I'm trying to teach you a lesson, because I'm scared. I'm scared. All right? That's the type of shit we're dealing with. Anyway, so this girl, she's got one of those names, and she just, like, doesn't want to do the objective. So I'm realizing after a while, I'm like working with her, working with her. She's building, she's building the blocks. And every time I turn my head, now she's just playing. This happened like three or four or five times. I'm like, you know, we really have to. And then it just dawned on me. I'm like, why are you trying so hard? Why are you trying so hard? This is not your problem. You did your job. You tried. The job of a sub, truly, everybody, it's to make sure that no one dies. We're happy. No one dies. We have a good day. And then this little girl just starts arguing with me. So I just looked at her. I'm like, have at it. Turn and work with the other kids. Make your little dollhouse, your fairy fairy hut, whatever it is. You're, go for it. This is what you're not going to do. Argue with me or anybody else. And again, I'm not here on Monday. So this? <laughs> not going to happen. Because I really just, I just can't. You got a great family at home. They are here for you. You literally just told me that you have an au pair from, I'm pretty sure you said Brazil. You know what? Life's good for you. What you don't need is me to sit here right now and make you do this. Because let's be real. Someone in your life is going to pay for you to go to Harvard or Yale or Cornell or Brown. Something like that. So I don't really need to, you know, my $26 an hour really isn't a good enough incentive for me to help this out right now. So have a great day. 
knock yourself out. As long as you're happy and go home and tell everyone you had a good day, then I did my job. Peace be with you. As a sub, though, you have to um, bring your own little bag of tricks. I'll get into that in a minute. Let's go to another commercial. You got to bring your own little bag of tricks. So I brought a backpack full of children's books for me and I held them up for the kids to pick. And they picked one. I read it. Was it amazing? It is because if you don't know, I read stories um, kind of in the style if, you know, Jim Carrey and Robin Williams had a baby. That's how I read children's books. Also, I want to ask you guys what your two cents is on this. I'm thinking about somehow, I don't know how legal I can do this, but I want to make, I'm a good kids book reader. That's just how it is. I want to make some sort of page or something where I can read a bunch of kids books and you guys can um, like download them, show them in your classroom. Like totally appropriate. Like not like this podcast um, material where we're getting a little edgy. We're calling it like it is just straight up for you to use in your classrooms. Would you like that? Would you use that? I don't know how we can make it happen, but I'm going to try and uh, I'm going to try and figure it out. More on that to come. If you have any ideas, let me know. I'm always checking my Patreon messages, by the way. If you're on Patreon, you got a direct line to me and you get bonus content and everything like that, too. Let me know on Patreon if you can. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Also, if you're a Patreon member or becoming a Patreon member, thank you for supporting the podcast and keeping us on the air. Enjoy the bonus content you get there. So I bring my bag of tricks and um, I read one book. And then at the end of the day, this other little kid comes up to me. He's five. He's the youngest in the class too, by the way. So he's like a fresh five. He goes, um, he goes, Mr. D, do you think that perhaps we might have another opportunity to read the second option? I'm like, who are you? you like, you are the Carlton of the classroom. Like, what's happening? How are you speaking to me with such a vast vocabulary and in such eloquent tones? Like, what etiquette school did you attend? Because this is amazing. Also, yes, I can. Let's get into it. I loved it. God. In other news, it's not sunshine and rainbows everywhere in the country. I don't know if you've heard about it. Indiana is looking to pass Bill 1134. I don't know if it's passed yet. To be honest with you, I'm too scared to look. Essentially, Bill 1134 in the state of Indiana requires teachers it's all about like curriculum transparency because i think parents are just like a little bit too scared about you know what our what our teachers are teaching these days ah but if passed teachers have to submit their lesson plans um by the end of this school year they have to submit their lesson plans for the entire next school year All of their lesson plans. I'm sorry, what? First of all, let's talk about the why. The why is because if passed, parents have the right to look at the curriculum, which, pause, you always did, by the way. You always had the right to look at what we're teaching. You can ask the district to take a look at the given materials. That's always been your right. So this isn't some new thing that you crazy people are coming up with. So just... 
put that in your back pocket and smoke it. And I'll probably take a hit of it too because clearly it's making you off your rocker. But you've always had that right. Also, I don't know what teacher is going to tell a parent no if you come correct. If Come correct or don't come at all. But if you ask a teacher like, hey, just curious, would you be able to send me the objectives for science for the next um, unit? I just want to see uh, what what is being taught. If you just come like that, that's fine. Maybe go a step further. I don't, honestly, I don't necessarily agree with it, but if you're like, in our religion, we don't learn about blah, blah, blah. Okay, science is science, but like, sure. Sure. Or you don't, you want to pull your kid out from sex ed. Whatever. Don't give a fuck. But come right. Don't come at me in an email and be like, I demand to take a look at your social studies lesson because my student will absolutely not be learning about when we landed on the moon because it's not real. We never landed on the moon. And here's an article that supports my research. Well, you know what, asshole? Wikipedia is not exactly a credible source. I had another, I had a, a, a good friend of mine, a parent reached out and demanded that she do not teach the entire class about dinosaurs because they're not real. I was over here like, you know what you can do? You can go back to your hippie van and, you know, whatever the hell you're on, but you're not going to demand, first of all, anything, and second of all, that I change my teaching if you're going to come at me with that tone if you would like to have a conversation like an adult i'm more than happy but do not come in here like i work for you bitch because guess what i don't oof did i ever tell you guys this i had a parent one time at parent teacher conferences she didn't like what i had to say about her kid which her kid was a friggin' nightmare i loved the kid though because it was that good kind of nightmare like fun energetic energy but we need to like harness it so we can learn the difference between time and place because i'm trying to what set your little ass up for success anyway parent didn't like what i had to say she looked at me and she said um mr d i don't think you understand uh, i pay my taxes so technically you work for me and if you've been listening to this podcast, if there's anything that you know about me, it's that I got a sharp, quick tongue. So without even missing a beat, I looked at her and I said, that's so crazy because I pay my taxes too. So technically, I'm self-employed. Please leave my office. It was my classroom. <laughs> but bitch, come for me. This is my goddamn office. And my name is Miranda Prisley. Get out of here. Florals for spring, groundbreaking. And please, move at a glacial pace. You know how it thrills me. Like, come on. I'm not, I'm not having that. We are still, we're government workers. And I understand that everybody has a right to kind of have a little bit of two cents of what goes on when it comes to stuff like that. But you're not going to treat any teacher like this ever. There's a way to talk to a person. There's a person on the other end of that, okay? And if you're not getting your way, there's a way to go about this procedurally. But do not cop an attitude just because you think you're right for whatever reason you just think you're right for. Ooh, did I, I think I hit a nerve in myself. Anyway, backing down. The reason for the 1134 is, you know, for parents to take a look. And 
I don't think that's wrong. But I really think that this comes down to like parents being a little weary about like critical race theory and stuff, which let me just tell you what critical race theory is just like the new name for it. Okay. These parents need to stop and reflect and be like, did you think like black history month was invented yesterday and now we're just, you know, doubling down on it? No, like your, your child, it's always been in the curriculum to learn about the injustices that people in this country have done, such as Rosa Parks. You've been learning about that forever. This is not new. Like, so don't get your panties all up in a bunch because Tucker Carlson told you to. All right. Just chill your little ass for a second. Okay. The other thing is there's this Bill, I don't know the actual numbers. It's trying to go down in Florida. It's called the Don't Say Gay Bill, or that's how it's being codenamed. Not, I haven't really followed it too much because it just boils my blood so hard that I need to be at baseline before I allow myself to absorb this type of information. But essentially, the bill is to um, teachers cannot teach anything about sexuality in their classroom. They can't have any books that deal with different sexualities. They cannot have any talk about it because apparently that's reserved for the parent. Well, can I just, okay. And, and if, you, if you disagree with me, I welcome the conversation because I think a lot of the times we don't welcome the conversation. So I welcome the conversation, but hear me out. Okay. As a gay kid who has who knew I was gay for forever, I grew up in this world where I literally thought I was the only gay person in the entire world. That's not an exaggeration. Literally thought I was the only gay person because there it was nowhere. It was the 90s. All you saw was like straight white couples in commercials, right? And I didn't know what gay was. And the only representation that I knew of was negative because I knew it was a word that was being thrown around in not a great way. So here I am as a child thinking that I am this thing that nobody likes. And that's still going on today, everybody. But picture a world where the teachers aren't teaching about it, but they are allowed to read a book where there happens to be a same-sex family who is working really hard to make sure that their child thrives. Those characters paint human beings in a positive light, which is very important that we do for all people because I can sit here and tell you because of my differences, that would have made been monumental for my development. And every kid who is currently in the classroom right now and their development to just know that this is a thing to just know that um it's a it's normal because it is everybody but if we're gonna sit here and hide because parents are saying i don't want my kids to know about that then how are we setting kids up for success as a whole because at some point in their life they're gonna go out into the real world and they're gonna meet people of all different lifestyles backgrounds whatever it is and what have no base knowledge of what the actual world is like and by the way no one's 
no teacher in this country is sitting there teaching about like gay sex. It's that's not what this is. This is about teaching about human beings that exist every corner of this planet. Corner planets round. Well, <laughs> some flat, flat earthers don't think so, but I digress. But come on. And the biggest thing that bothers me is we always talk about separation in church and state. And most of these laws come from a highly religious thing. If it's a, a public school, you come into public school, we're going to teach you about the general public and just like how it is. So just like have several seats and think about the positive impact of teaching about human beings and culture could have on a child that probably isn't even your own or could be your own. Oh man, it just really, really hurt me to see that that is even a, being talked about. Where are we? Where do we live? Oh my God. Oh man, we need to end on a positive note because I can't with this. You guys, I love you. And I love that you listen to the podcast. We had great reviews for the podcast last week. You really seem to love how we went like funny to serious and serious to funny. And the truth of the matter is, is I'm just shooting at the hip over here. I'm just being myself. I'm just doing what I do. And I love that we have such a, first of all, enormous, the podcast continues to grow and grow and grow. And we can keep growing. Share it with a friend. Have someone else listen to it. See see if they like it too. Let's Let's turn this... If this podcast eventually turned into a show of some sort, like Jonathan Van Ness, his podcast just turned into a Netflix show. Could you imagine if this podcast turned into a Netflix show? Could you imagine the moves that we would make having real conversations about education on a huge platform? Change happens when there's a problem and change in the education system needs to happen now. So let's all be the stone. Thank you guys for becoming Patreon members too, by the way, that keeps us on the air. I love every single one of you. And don't forget, you can become a Patreon member too at patreon.com slash Jodombrowski. That's patreon.com slash Jodombrowski. Patreon.com slash Jodombrowski. Thanks for supporting the podcast. But a big, big special thank you shout out to our Patreon fans for not only keeping us on the air, but staying active, watching all the bonus content, reaping the benefits of that. But it's so nice to see and talk to over there in Patreon land. Thank you to our newest Patreon members, Jen Wennerholt. Jamie Hagen, Crystal Markham, Joyce Johnson, Alyssa Grossman, Kaylee Dominish, David, just David, Daniela Rose, Kelly Lutz, Lori Chance, Courtney A, Heather Bobin, Emily Martinez, James Neely, hey James, love your profile picture, Samuel Williams, Samantha, just Samantha, Christy Carlson, Joelle, just Joelle. Caitlin Duggansky, Sarah Jane, and Rihanna Zani. You guys, thank you so much. I love each and every one of you. I hope that this podcast gave you a good chuckle somewhere in there. Maybe something to stew on and think about. Laughter is the best medicine. Get your laughs in. Why? Because you deserve it. And if you're not laughing, you're crying. And I think we all should choose laughter. Come see me on the road. I can't wait to see you in your city. MrDTimes3.com. I love you guys so much. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.